0: Hello everyone, my name is Jean Marie Saranya, and today me and my group are going to talk about a theory that most of us learn during our economics or history classes. And we are going to dive deeper into the topic. In this podcast, we are going to talk about the Philippine Underdevelopment and Dependency Theory. With me is none other than Krigel Ortega, Frenzy Makilan, and Pechi May Dahab. Now a little background. Let us talk about the past. I know that the past isn't to be brought up, but if we really want to get to know and understand the present situation, it is necessary that we also understand the history of why it happened. And before we begin, let us talk about what dependency theory is about by looking back into the times when the Philippines was in its dependent state. In the past, we have experienced many difficulties, difficulties that have made, quite, have made us quite dependent to other countries because we were having such a hard time solving our problems by our own many of our people had nothing to eat jobless and the corruption of the government did not help at all i mean it never really helped us and it's funny though because other countries are developed even though they have a corrupt system as we do now how is that different from the philippines well That's an interesting topic that's going to be discussed soon enough as we go along to this podcast. Before, our currency was so unstable that the international financial circles did not even take it seriously. Therefore, our currency wasn't honored. From that, our national economy was barely hanging here after year after year as if it left no hope for the Philippines anymore but then we were always assured by foreign experts that everything that we've been experiencing were only temporary and that was the result of wanting independence in the country it's the price of wanting independence and for that the Philippines were told to be patient after all Patience is a virtue. The moment we choose liberty, we must be ready to face our country's problems without the aid of other countries. Well, not necessarily not having the aid, it's just that other countries have other problems that they need to solve on their own, therefore we must learn to not be dependent to them. Today however, we still continue to experience many difficulties. The only difference is that these difficulties are even more serious than before, and that's probably because our population tends to grow over the years. And for that, many people are still hungry, jobless, homeless, and poor. But how are we gonna end it? In a societal level, the gap between the rich and the poor have become very, very, very spacious and further from each other over the years. And it may be due to corruption, but there are also factors why this is so. Financial literacy is one of them. This problem has become very known to stay long and it continues to be there over the years. Hence the saying, the rich are becoming richer. And the poor, poorer. It's a reality that we are still facing up to this day. And we're probably going to face in the future if we don't find solutions to end this problem. Over the years, we have been introduced to new concepts by developing countries. Because again, there are categories in which a country is being, you know, categorized there are developed countries and there are also the underdeveloped countries and the developing countries are helping us underdeveloped or less developed countries to improve and be better however some of these suggestions that they give does not necessarily coincide with our way of governance or by a lot of factors hence some of these suggestions do not work and again there are many factors why this is so this may include our country's current state the geographical location the predominant cultures our yearly budget the taxes that we're paying and many more now the dependency theory is here to explain how filipinos look up to developed countries as they guide us towards development and the reasons why it's both ineffective and effective to discuss further is Bredzi mckellan hello sunyans hello
1: usjr hello world and hello to whoever's listening right now for this segment we will be talking about why the philippines is underdeveloped first of all let us define development is development just about the financial and infrastructural growth of a country or state the answer is no but the thing is that is how most of us perceive development when we see a country with highly urbanized cities, we immediately assume that the country is developed. So what is development then? Based on the economic view of development, development is determined by three determining factors which are poverty, unemployment, and inequality. The decrease in these three determining factors equates to an increase in development. So if the poverty rate, the unemployment rate, and the inequality decreases, then the country is most likely to develop. Now let's go back to the question of why the Philippines is underdeveloped. Even without numeric data. We as Filipinos can tell from experience that our country has a high poverty and unemployment rate. This results in so much inequality. Many of us Filipinos struggle to survive each day and this is because not all are given equal opportunity to develop and lift themselves out of poverty. Poverty is a trap. When you are poor, you can't afford education. And when you can't afford education, there is a lesser chance for you to get a high-paying job and be able to provide for your family. This is where the cycle repeats itself to your children and to your children's children. Another reason why we remain underdeveloped is that we are so stuck in the past. And with that, I mean the history. It is a common knowledge that we've been colonized by Spaniards. The Spaniards had a particularly pervasive way of running their empire. They created this uh, mestizo class. To control political and business power. So when the Spaniards left, these powerful dynastic families refused to give up their power. They never legislated for a strong nation that was free and fair and inclusive for all. Instead, they consolidated their wealth and power. Our country is dominated by a few dynastic families monopolizing power and businesses. This is why the rich becomes richer while the poor becomes poorer. The poor cannot move up because the rich refuses to step down from their pedestal to give way to others. This leads to oligarchy and lack of free markets. The country lacks free markets, and as a result, without competition, there is no incentive to drive up standards and innovate. For example, well, actually the best example is the internet connection in the Philippines, which is actually one of the slowest connections in Asia. In the Philippines, we know that there are only a few internet providers which are Philippine-owned. These providers only have each other to compete. To compete not for excellence but for profit. Which is why they offer the same mediocre service for a very, very high price many other reasons why we're underdeveloped but it seems like we don't have much time so to end this I want to leave this concept or idea for you to ponder on according to Amartya Sen development should be more concerned with enhancing the lives we lead and the freedom we enjoy goodbye goodbye and see you in the next podcast.
2: Yo, what's up guys too, I hope you still have reached this part of this episode and have fully enjoyed the lovely voices of my equally lovely classmates. For the record purposes, my name is Krijal Ortega, but I prefer being called Shali though. So. Anyways, from the refreshing discussions, I may take you to where things are getting theoretical. So if you love technical stuff, then this part is for you. But if you ain't so theory friendly, just still relax as I try to make this theory bite sized enough for you to see its essential role in explaining cooking underdevelopment. So let's get the ball rolling by defining the theory real quick. In the simplest English that I can find, dependency theory basically states that the economic events in history have encouraged developing countries to depend upon the support of the more advanced nation. So here we can refer developing countries to countries that we have branded as third world, while developed nations as the first world countries. Because of that kind of dependence, it prevents these developing countries into fully creating institutions and infrastructures that would allow them to transition into industrial nations or into another developed country. This theory has been first proposed by an Argentine economist and statesman Raúl Prebisch in the 1950s. It is later branched into different types of still dependency theories but still share the common theme of Marxist view of the world where globalization is actually the spread of market capitalism and a dominant world capitalist system that relies on the exploitation of the poor countries of the periphery for the progress of the development of the core or center. So let's paint this theory a picture. A developing country would typically offer cheap labor and cheap raw materials in the world market. Because it is cheap, these resources would then be bought immediately by these advanced countries that would transform them into finished goods. Because of this developing countries don't have the technology themselves and is need of the finished products they would end up purchasing them for a higher price, without even gaining back their capital. And this cycle continues where the developing side would soon be affected by the exploitation without an inch of progress or upgrade of local production. Doesn't sound much of a real win-win situation, right? But sadly, this has been the state of most third-world countries, particularly the sub-Saharan African regions. But let us not stray too far because this is also our reality. Our own home. And as they say, hashtag support local. With that, I will give you five main points of the dependency theory of work, in which in this case is at the Philippine context. First is that the Philippine economy is at the mercy of the slightest twists and turns and changes of the global capitalist order. This order refers to the dominant forces in the global economy and the world market, since we are all connect- connected through globalization. And one of the key players in the order would be America, which is why whether we like it or not, whether we are conscious about it or not, their elections would really matter to us. And how they perform economically, especially if it is bad, such as the 2008 recession or the recent pandemic decline, we, among many other developing countries, are sadly to suffer as well in the economic scale. They, their economy as well affects the global trade. The second point would be that the Philippines dominantly relies on the exports to generate foreign exchange, but at a low cost. Despite being dominantly industrialized with the skyline that can be at par with the developed nations, and can access the latest technologies that the world has to offer, the system of the export industry is still outdated and not really feasible for the local labor. Agriculture still has a role to play in the major regions of the country, And it is sadly progressing backwards. Farmers continue to subscribe to traditional farming due to the lack of technology, opportunities, and money. While the crops produced, such as coconuts and bananas, are being brought at prices that could never justify their labor. The same story is seen with the acquisition of the metallic minerals and labor-intensive sweatshops. Hard work, and little to no pay. But sadly, they do not have a good choice because otherwise they won't be able to eat. The third point would be that the local elite becomes the bridge to the international capital that allows neocolonialism in the country. Basically, our very own crazy rich Filipinos gets richer by simply being the middleman in terms of capital, information, logistics, and the like for the foreign countries, which then they would use for their benefit at our expense. And aside from foreign countries, they are most likely to be an underling of a transnational company. These companies or corporations are basically in the global scene and do not consider any country as their home because where the profit is, there they feel at home. A very famous example would be a fast food chain that has been a witness to all study outs, meeting places, lovers' lane, and even breakup spots, aka McDonald's. George Young, who brought it to the country, joined the crazy rich Asians Club because of it. A happy story for him but not for the employees as they continue to suffer the low wages. So for every million that has been placed in the pockets of the elites by the foreign powers and TNCs, there are thousands of workers who are permanently marginalized in the process. So it's like even when we decide to withdraw and be independent, the elites are likely to boast from it because otherwise, no more extra change for Gucci's and Versace's on the floor. The fourth point would be, a strong authoritarian and repressive regime would greatly depend on the international capital as it is only the effective solution to combat underdevelopment. So, this country has already its fair share of governments where there is always a need to acquire foreign aid. While it is justified as they are crucial in the development for the country, however, it is only prolonging the cycle of the dependent and unequal development it merely increases the dependency factor, rather than bringing the country closer to progress or to the ideal development. There is a need to change in the local capital to decrease international dependency, because otherwise, the current trillions will have new zeros in their collection. Fifth point would be that we, as a country as a whole, is currently experiencing a rapid erosion of our natural culture as a direct result of the invasion of aggressive consumerism culture which is also perpetuated by the advanced capitalist nations like i said before it is easier to connect to the whole world now because of globalization we can already see the very latest trends and developments at a single click and at a single swipe we develop a culture of being devoted to be one of the trendsetters that have been placed at the pedestal by the developed nations that benefit them more than us the consumers the aggressive consumerist culture affects poor people more as they are having a hard time to catch up or increase the gap and marginalization with the other social classes. We are slowly turning into a society that is being dictated by the world even when it doesn't always mean progress for everyone. For a disclaimer though, this theory is not applicable to all third world countries, nor fully explain the laggard performance of the Philippines in the last half century. An example of this would be our East Asian and Southeast Asian neighbors who became newly industrialized countries despite having the shared handicap of colonialism and, under, and authoritative history. But other than that, this theory ignites a sense of urgency of the ongoing underdevelopment in the country. Because as we continue to stall the development progress and continue the inhumane exploitation for the sake of profit, the happiness in the working class would greatly be affected that might eventually lead to the downfall of the nation, and then development will only be a dream. I hope you have a better insight about the fantasy theory in the Philippine context, and coming right up next will be the short-term and long-term effects of the underdevelopment. Thanks for listening and adios!
3: Hi guys, good day! I am Petrie Dahab, and for this session, We are going to talk about the short-term and long-term effects of underdevelopment and dependency theory. So let's start our discussion with a question. How do you define development? Um, You guys have any answer? Okay, I will be the one to answer it. Development is a process that creates growth, progress, and positive change in a country. Second question, does the Philippines overcome it? Okay, let's see. Okay, it's been decades after we gained our formal independence, but we find the same issue that is currently affecting us. Many of our people still have no daily jobs, no decent housing above their heads, or even enough food for their families. Many people continue to die without the help of medical treatment. So the divide between the very wealthy and the oppressed class has increased, and the power has become poorer. I mean, the poor have become poorer not only in the, not only in the comparison to the rich, but also in absolute terms. The Philippines shares the underlying truth of all third-world countries. As we all know that the Philippines is part of the third-world countries. But this is the reality of dependent and unequal development. The most important agent of this form of growth is the ambiguous TNC. TNC is a transnational company. So are you guys familiar with the TNC or the transnational company? Okay. TNC or transnational company are seen as the old I mean as the holders of money, technology and access to international markets, which are vital components of any industrialization program. So there are a lot of there are lots of TNC companies here in the Philippines. And these are the known companies in our country. First is Shell. It was from UK. And it's called shell patrol and the very known mcdonald's mcdonald's is not from the philippines but from russia and then coca-cola a lot of us uh, think that coca-cola is from philippines but it's from another country okay so the disadvantages of TNCs located in your country include: first is fewer workers employed considering the scale of investment Second is a poorer working condition, damage to environment by ignoring local, I mean, local loss, profits going to companies overseas rather than locals here in the Philippines though, and the little reinvestment in the local area. Factories are often footloose and job insecure. If labor costs increase so the company can easily move, move elsewhere, And lastly, is that national resources being overexploited. Based on our government technocrats, we are persuaded that the future of our economy lies in our ability to ride the coattails of transnational corporation. So, the effects, I mean the causes of this TNC's landless urban poor are mercilessly evicted In order to make way for industrial sites and whole communities are expelled from their ancestral lands in order to make a room for exporting or processing areas like export crop plantation, industrial estate and hydroelectric dams and lastly the urban slum dwellers are I mean are merciless they are dumped into relocation sites away from the city as part of a major beautification program to attract and accommodate a growing number of foreign exchange visitors. We began to wonder whether there is a national development program. The fact that our government has begun is never going to save us from eternal indebtedness. And indeed, we are worried about whether such loans have actually been, I mean, have actually been used wisely Um, instead of housing services and medical treatment for the vulnerable our government has i mean engaged in high visibility spending on national resources as we all know national resources like beauty pageants and basketball tournaments Uh, we need to consider our people to make a progress by helping people in the philippines first is by finding business for them and equal opportunities for all and by giving livelihood opportunities or program and that way we can boost our economy, our local economies, and improve our country. There is nothing unavoidable about poverty. We just need to develop a political will to adopt policies that will increase our economic security, increase jobs, and increase our local economy. We are dreaming of a developed country and what we can do is we need to help each other and make a positive difference for all of us. And that's the important thing that we must do by helping one another and focusing on our local economies in order to to create and boost our country, our country's development. And that's all for today's segment. And once again, I am Peachy Dahab. Thank you for tuning and listening. God bless.